Live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Dental Business Radio. Brought to you by Practice Quotient. Practice Quotient bridges the gap between the provider and payer communities. Now here's your host, Patrick O'Rourke. Hi there, friends at the dental business community. This is Patrick O'Rourke, your host on Dental Business Radio. Thank you very much for joining us. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Practice Quotient. Practice Quotient, PPO analysis and negotiation. Top tier professionals that represent top tier providers to make sure that they get top tier compensation. If you're a top tier provider and you don't feel like you're getting top tier compensation from your business partners, i.e. the insurance companies, then you may want to give the professionals over at Practice Quotient a call at 470-592-1680. That's 470-592-1680 or www.practicequotient.com. Dot com. That's Q-U-O-T-I-E-N as in Nancy T.com. If you're not sure, ask your high school kids. They'll tell you. Um, so here we are uh, today. I am super excited as I have uh, one of the brightest minds in the industry with us. And Karin Wittich from Amos, the incoming executive director. And she is replacing the honorable Scott Farrell, who is going to be putting his toes in the sand, I'm sure. Scott, thank you very much for all of your diligent hard work. You know, you have a lot of uh, a lot of love coming from me, my friend. Um, so, Karin, how are you? I'm great, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you coming on. Um, when you're the executive director, do do you get hailed by the chief? Is that supposed to be played when you walk in? <laughs> I hope not. No, not at all. I like to blend into the background. Uh-huh. Uh, like mm-hmm. Wallflower. Yeah, that's me. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what I would use as my first description, really. <laughs> when I think of Karin. Um, and so Karin is not new to Amos and or to the industry. Karin has been uh, helping with practice management, government affairs, lobbying, and uh you know, kind of acting, and this is in my words, as a, a conduit in a bridge, her on her own, a bridge to the, the payer community between the provider and the payer communities for the OMS community. Uh, would that be an accurate description? Absolutely. I've enjoyed serving in that role. Um, I just celebrated my 22nd year at Amos, and I've been working with the payers um, in my role as an administrator in an oral surgery practice before I joined Amos 22 years ago. But this morning I attended the opening session of the AADC, which is American Association of Dental Consultants, and have built a, what I believe is a great relationship with many of the payers over the years. And if it wouldn't have been for the pandemic, we would have been meeting uh, this week in Florida with the payers, which is always a great time to talk about areas of mutual interest and concern. And they've been very receptive to our reaching out and the things that we've done together. That's, that's terrific. Um, there's an interesting thing where um, the, you know, when I'm going, when I'm talking to insurance companies, they tell me they're like, Oh, you're you consultants. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not a consultant uh, in the, because in the provider world, that means practice management consultant. But mm-hmm. in, to me in the payer world, that means the dental consultants, which are the, you know, the actual providers that come in and are looking at, you know, claims and helping set the protocol for claims adjudication. Um, and that's what uh, that organization does, right? So this is uh, a right. bunch of dental consultants that are actually either current or former physicians that are reviewing Thanks. trends. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and so it is 
you know, a barnstorming good time. Um, I've heard. Would that be accurate? All these it is. Consultants? It's, it's, uh, I've gotten to call many of them my very good friends and others. When we agree to disagree, we, you know, are respectful to one another, but they do a very good job of, you know, bringing in speakers to talk about the latest industry trends, as well as, you know, there's some social aspects to the, to the meeting as well. But, you know, we, we don't want our members uh, practicing fraudulently and we don't want uh, the dental payers to unfairly reimburse our members. So we try to find common ground. I certainly try to support them whenever able, when our members might be billing incorrectly. I learn a lot from them. We implement that into our coding workshops then. If we're finding that there's some concerning trends amongst the dentists and the oral surgeons specifically that we can correct their behavior. Oftentimes we might get, uh, you know, told that we're, there's billing trends, if you will, mm -hmm. but when in fact it's not being done by the specialists, when you dive deeper, it's some of the general dentists that perhaps, you know, don't have as much experience coding, especially when you're looking at some of the more, you know, complex oral maxillofacial surgery procedures, if you will. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't believe anybody, there's a very small percentage of people that would set out to intentionally, um, for, you know, fraudulently bill um, three, most of the three, time. Three to just five don't percent. Know. Three to five percent, which is pretty low. Um, and I, we don't necessarily want them as members either. So we're always, you know, extending that olive branch to make sure that, you know, if there is something going on, give me the chance to talk to my member, let them correct their behavior, um, have some education. You know, we, we offer great coding workshops for our mm. members and their staff so that they can learn to code appropriately. But where we fight with the pay, not fight, but where we will go to task with the payers is making sure that things are reimbursed for um, a fair and equitable price because it's expensive to run an oral surgery office and, and only getting more expensive, you know, through this pandemic. Are you telling me, Karen, that the cost of doing business for oral surgeons has gone not gone down in the midst of a pandemic? Uh, is that absolutely. what you're telling me? Yep. I'm telling you that, Patrick, you heard it here first. <laughs> you see my shocked face. I know. Mine too, right? <laughs> you mean between supplies and PPE and having a hard time finding staff and it's been a tough year for, for our industry, but I will say that we were one of those specialties that remained open through the pandemic when allowed by state or local government. And we were there to serve when people were afraid, you know, they were afraid to come to the dentist. They were afraid to go to work. Uh, the oral surgeons showed up and they were an essential part of the care that was provided up in the hospital setting and outside the hospital mm -hmm. setting. Keeping folks out of the hospital, out of the emergency room Great. is just as crucial and helping out, you know, within the emergency room. Mm -hmm. And so it was all hands on deck. So we yeah, are from our residents to our attendings at hospitals to faculty members. Uh, you know, Dr. Nanini was our president for this and he uh, is a residency training program in New York and his residents were on COVID for us, you know, managing airways and call, filling out, unfortunately, death certificates. They were, they're part of the healthcare system and they were instrumental um, through this crisis. All right. So kudos to all of those oral surgeons in the Amos community, um, gold stars all around. Mm -hmm. And thank you very much for helping keeping all of us safe because it's a, it's a collective effort. Um, and COVID is, a, you know, I, hopefully we're at the end of the tunnel, you know, knock on wood. Um, Our know. eyes are set on Nashville. Mm -hmm. 
And so, yep, Nashville, Amos is is happening in person. Um, I have my, check it out, check it out. I have my COVID card right here. This is my hall pass. There you go. Great job. And so I will be there in Nashville too. Um, and you can't keep me out. I'm going to knock down a door like Karen Wittich. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I'm, I'm super excited. And I really thought I'd never say this, but yeah, I can't wait to get back on the road. Um, I, you know, I, I do miss the conferences and Nashville is an awesome place. So Amos is happening. You guys have the dental implant uh, conference in December is also on. Is That's that right. going on in Chicago? Yeah. Yeah, that's is. terrific. That's a very popular event, isn't it? It really is. It's it's the premier dental implants conference education, um, in my opinion, in the industry. And they that our committees work really hard to plan that education, and we're super excited about this year's event. Gotcha. Uh, and a uh, big shout out to everybody on the the committees over there, and uh, that help put things together, like uh, Lauren Ope and Patty Serpico, Bridget, Alexis. Um, all of you guys, thank you very much. Shout yeah, out. they do a really great job. I do. And, uh, and our volunteers, like you said, you know, they're just, they're, just, they're the best in the business mm-hmm. and they give yeah. up their time so willingly. We're so appreciative of that. Yes. Yes. And also Sue, uh, who I hear wants to put her toes in the sand. Uh, very sure soon. does. Yeah. That's, uh, so Sue Mosman always done a good job and very kind and gracious. Oh. Um, with me and my organization. So thank you very much, Sue. Um, we will miss you, although I hope you enjoy that cocktail when your toes are in the sand. Um, so let's go back to the um, the dental consultants meeting that uh, started this morning. Um, what's, is there anything that you can share? Like what, what trends are they talking about? Like what's at the top of like newer claims or what's kind of what's the top three things that are happening right now we just scratched the surface this morning you know the first session was um admiral ricks um and he was kicking it off related to the you know integration of dentistry and medicine and the oral health connection to total body and what can be done um and what some of the pilot programs are doing for instance indian health and some others where they're actually doing teaching brushing in the primary care setting and, you know, preventing uh, oral disease early and, you know, how that translates then as children get older. And, you know, sometimes the dentists are the first ones to actually see any children and uh, specifically related to, you know, well-being visits and making sure that they have good oral health. And then also the transition from, you know, dentistry to medicine and how, what, how that looks, if you will. Um, meaning, you know, will dentists be giving vaccines to people in the mm-hmm. future? Some states, they're already allowed to do that. Um, you know, blood pressure in adults, blood sugar levels, you know, A1Cs. What is what is the future going to look like in dentistry? We've been talking about this for a long time, mm-hmm. but I think the conversation is, is, is growing. And so that's kind of where it kicked off this morning, just some of the different programs and services that are being piloted throughout the country. And then they talked, you know, a lot about carries, which isn't always on our radar. Um, and then they'll have a claims review session, which is when they'll get into more detail. So today was more of a keynote speaker and, you know, just some high level industry trends, but nothing real specific yet. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow we'll hear from Marco at the ABA and they'll have a claims review session. So that, that's always great to hear the most recent update from the flagship ABA. 
Yeah, I'd like listening to Marco speak. Uh, he's very he's a dynamic speaker and knows what he's talking about, and it uh, always has some interesting insights. Um, yeah, he's got all the data. It's great. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. It's, it's all about the data, but you know, you do have to read and interpret the data, you know, in order to reach the conclusions, you know, data on its own. And especially when you have a lot of data, um, you know, maybe we should have another show, um, in Nashville and we can talk about what, uh, what we've learned over the course Great of the last six months. Hmm. Maybe we'll see. Um, so that's what's going on there. Um, and there's some, as far as your members go or the Amos, Amos, uh, the OMS community, um, what do you think is, what are, what's everybody collectively excited about right now? Well, honestly, the return to work and the return to, you know, travel and return to meetings and gathering and education, I think is really exciting. On the advocacy front, we just recently held our first virtual day on the hill. And it was a great turnout. Um, we had really good meetings with members of Congress at the federal level. Um, you know, some of the things we're talking about are, are ELSA, which is an Ensuring Lasting Smiles Act. And it's for craniofacial coverage from the medical and dental community, with the insurance carriers having to, um, you know, have equity with their reimbursement for children and adults with congenital and craniofacial anomalies. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that, you know, they'll, they'll, They'll definitely pay for like a cleft closure and a cleft lip and palate child. But if that child needs dentistry when they're older, um, it's often not paid for, which leaves either patients in a bind, parents in a bind. So what we're asking for is equity so that those patients will get um, the same insurance you would get if you had a knee condition or a hip condition or a club foot or you know something similar. So that's that's been a really big ask for us. Mm-hmm. Student loan debt is another thing. You know, higher education is very expensive. Our members go an additional four to six years after dental school. Mm-hmm. So their debt, you know, is compounding, obviously. And we're asking for some deferment um, so they don't start paying their loans back entirely till their dental school, rather than, you know, many of them start paying back in their residency after dental school. Mm, so, yeah. And then there's a, you know, there's a lot of talk about, um, dentistry and Medicare. And, you know, we believe that part B is not the answer. Um, part C or the Medicare Advantage plan seems to be reaching a good portion of our elder population. We certainly believe that medically necessary dental procedures should be performed on patients that have, you know, medical conditions that require either extraction in time in before a kidney transplant or any kind of organ transplant, really. Mm -hmm. Um, So just telling our story about how much we do um, in the office and how much, what a cost savings that is, you know, the anesthesia we provide and really what a, what an ideal situation our office based surgery centers are and the care that we provide. If we were to take all that care into the hospital setting, it would just inflate the, the, the cost systems throughout the healthcare um, mm. arena. And, you know, we do it safely. We do it um, fairly and at a fair, what I would say, fair reimbursement. And I just don't think that people understand that the way we operate is like many hospitals and our practice mm. expense is significant. So, you know, dental insurance maximums haven't been increased in years, but, you know, patients have pay for dental insurance and, 
obviously we work with our doctors to make sure that you know they're, they're signed up with employers and understand what carriers are in their communities and states and rely on you to help our members understand that contract process. Doctors are you know, often left in a bad spot, not really understanding who they've signed up with and what's gonna be reimbursed. And I always say in oral surgery, it's really unique because we cross medicine and dentistry, right? Mm-hmm. So we might bill for one procedure, fracture jaw with tooth removal, you know, we might bill medical and dental and we might get paid only from medical or only from dental, or we might be able to coordinate those benefits. So we try to maximize um, so that the patient benefits from the, from the you know, premiums they pay or their employer pays on their behalf. So mm-hmm. oral surgery is very unique when it comes to insurance reimbursement. I, could, I couldn't agree with you more. It's uh, the only discipline that really firmly straddles the line to be it's the fence if you will this sits right there in the fence between the medical and the the, the dental worlds or the two business segments not you know not a lot of folks realize that you know it's, it's they're like buckets right so medical is one huge massive bucket and then dental is a totally different business segment it has its own you know loss ratios it has its own it's just run as a totally different business you know a lot of times it has different claim systems um it, it's a it might as well be a different business. Uh, and so, and then when you're trying to coordinate, um, I get a lot of questions and the, the answer is guys, it varies. It varies by the employer group contract or even the individual contract or the Medicare contract. So unfortunately it's not like Baskin Robbins with 32 flavors, right? Mm-hmm. It's um, there's quite literally 10,000 very ten thousands of variations, um, and everything gets dictated by the certificate of coverage of the insured, and not and that supersedes the provider contract, and so that's, that's right. why it becomes difficult. And uh, patients don't always understand that, you know. So we try to do our best um, to educate, give the resources to our members so they can educate their 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 patients and any patients that are listening or anyone with interest in oral surgery and what we do, I recommend going to myoms.org. That's myoms.org. And that really tells the story of what oral maxillofacial surgeons do. Um, it's a great it's a great site and it really um, helps explain if you're going to have oral surgery, what what how our doctors are trained and what you'll experience during your surgery. So mm-hmm. Cause they you know, oral surgeons have nurses and it's just like a hospital setting. It's basically outpatient and it's, it is a, quite a bit different than, than a hospital. So there's a lot more overhead. It's, um, it's, it's, it's more, uh, clinical. I don't think that's the right word I'm looking for. Um, but it's more, uh, a comprehensive typically, um, with, you know, with all due respect to, you know, dental practice that, but there's mm-hmm. usually not a, a, a an RN on, on staff at the right. dental practice. Right. And, and that's to deal with any potential complications. Cause if you're going to be put to sleep, anesthesia is what, you know, is what can cause the most complications. That's what I'm told. Absolutely. And we, anyway. and we pride ourselves on, you know, safety of anesthesia and our model, the way we deliver it with a team, as you said, with the RN and experienced people in the room. Um, and we, they do a great job at it. So Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know a lot of uh, guys and gals, um, you know, that uh, do a lot of work at, you know, I call it, you know, feel charitable work with, you know, mm-hmm. local 
clinics to take care of special needs um, because that gets even even more complicated. And typically they're doing that for free because they got to go to a hospital um, and do it. And they're, just, they're doing it because they love to do that type of stuff. It's almost like orthognactic surgery. You know, some, you know, I've had many, many conversations with folks and they're like orthognactic surgery. I just love doing it. You know, that's what I went to school for. It's like their art, they get a lot of pride from doing orthognactic. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately on the medical side, there, there's zero, <laughs> the reimbursement for it is um, pennies on the dollar. Like they're losing money by doing orthognactic surgery. So a lot mm-hmm. of folks skip it, but it's difficult to get the folk, you know, the people in the medical world to, to pay attention. I mean, if you think about oral surgery as a whole, right. You know, when I'm talking to them, they're like, but you, you want to talk to me about oral surgery? You know, I'm dealing with, you know, dialysis. I've got orthopedic surgery. I've got cancer. I've got Corona happening. I got, you know, diabetes. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about oral surgery? That's not a slice of the healthcare cost pie, bud. And you know this, Pat, and this is what they tell me. You know, they're like, that's not, that's a crumb. Like I, I, they simply don't have the time or the bandwidth when they're dealing with so many other things. Um, and, and I'm not saying that that's, that's fair, right? It's just kind of a fact, you know? And then, you know, you take that oral surgery piece and then orthognactic is like this small. Right? Yeah. I, guess, I guess our listeners can't see my fingers, but they're squeezed really close together. <laughs> um, so it's uh, for everybody that's out there doing orthognactic surgery for the love of it. Keep on keeping on. You guys do you. Um, so what do you, what's exciting So this is what they're excited about. Everybody's excited about getting back out and Hey, we're open again. And you know, the doctors pretty much have all the vaccines. So they've probably even taken a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm vaccinated too. John Ray's not, I don't know about John Ray. Um, He's scared of vaccines. He's scared of needles. He's waiting for them to be able to put it in one of those purple um, cups, you know, that's our producer, John Ray. He can't talk back during the show. And so that's that's not fair. Yeah, no, it's not, but it's a lot of fun. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're really, we're really hoping that, you know, um, different parts of the country certainly are, are experiencing a different flavor of the vaccine, if you will. You know, and when I was in the South recently, we we're at the Southwest Society meeting. It was so great to see people gathering again. But in Chicago, we're still at a 50% occupancy. Um, we're supposed to be opening up and hopefully by July we'll be back opening um, mm-hmm. Right now, Amos employees are still working from home and doing a fantastic job through the pandemic. Um, and our members are, have, as I said, have been working. Chicago and Illinois is a lot different than, say, Florida and Texas and other states. But, you know, we're looking forward to getting back and gathering and seeing our members and, and you know, being there for them and putting on a great show for them. Education, mm-hmm. the exhibit hall. Um, and making sure that vendors, you know, also have a great experience. And we want to do all this safely and, you know, following the state rules. And, you know, we're going to do our very, very best. And during COVID, you know, there were, there were a lot of, you know, fear um, about, you know, how the virus spreads, et cetera. And we were trying to keep up with all the rules coming out from the CDC and OSHA. And we're still doing that, right? So PPE was scarce and, Amos came together and, you know, made masks available to our members. And one of our partners, Southern Anesthesia, you know, tried to source as much PPE as possible. And, you know, we, we really tried to be there for our members and give them the resources and tools and interpret the CDC guidelines. And 
we have a whole page dedicated to COVID on our uh, Amos.org for our members. So it was a heck of a year. You know, we were working around the clock to make those um, resources available to our members so that they could go and do their surgery, do it safely and understand what the rules were. So mm -hmm. nothing like working in a pandemic, but we did it. And mm -hmm. I'm grateful for the technology as much as I'm zoomed out like everyone else. It's also given us a great opportunity to continue working and keeping our people employed. I absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, it's, uh, it was kind of new for me and everybody else that's alive on the planet right now. And, you know, when I talk to folks, you know, all of our clients are business owners. I was like, well, listen, as business owners and entrepreneurs, um, this is new, but you know, it's not new rolling with the punches. So that's right. what we're going to do guys. And so I had a conversation with a manufacturer last week and he said, you know, out of all of dentistry, he said, the oral surgeons really kept me going because they stayed open. Um, they opened when they could and they saw a lot of patients. Mm -hmm. So we have that vendors going to show up in Nashville and just be grateful for the oral surgery community. So I think a lot of legislators didn't realize how essential we were during the pandemic, how essential our members were to their communities by keeping patients with dental pain out of the hospital settings. Right. I mean, I could tell you several stories. So we you know we have in Eastern Tennessee, but well, there's only so many uh, providers in, you know, the very East part. Um, and, you know, they're, they're open and they're seeing all these folks and, you know, these people have toothaches and abscesses and they are going to be in the emergency room if, if they weren't there. And that's right. So, and, and like, that's, a, that's a very, very big deal. Um, and so that's, that's what it's all about. And, you know, I have to say that I also, I highly respect, and I think everybody does the Amos organization. Um, it's really, you know, as far as being able to educate, advocate, and be the catalyst and go to as an association, you guys do an incredible job, everybody there. Um, you know, it's, it's a big stamp of approval when you're like, well, Amos is involved with that. You know, so it's uh, so kudos. Well, we appreciate you saying that, and I'm so my excited. Pleasure. It's been my it's been my greatest pleasure to have served as the associate executive director, and now, you know, my dream job to become the executive director. And I hope I live up to my predecessors, and I'll do everything I can to make sure that happens. But we have a great team at headquarters in Rosemont. We really do, and everybody cares about our membership and and how they make a difference in their lives. And it's uh. It's a great organization and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Yep. The question is going to be, who's going to fill Karin Wittich's yeah. shoes? Yeah. If anyone knows anyone, please uh, turn that name in to me. We are searching, we are doing a national search to look for the, the position. Um, the board has, you know, elected to have qualifications that far supersede my, my credentials, if you will, but my experience, I grew into the job. I started off as the practice management manager because I came from being an, uh, uh, an administrator of an accredited oral surgery center. Mm -hmm. And then I got promoted to director of the division and then the associate executive director and, the, and took on the PAC in our advocacy, um, our federal and state government affairs, as well as our for-profit side, which is a, a misadvantage. And, you know, those are the services that our members can really benefit from using and partnering with those partners because they really help, you know, keep the dues what they are 
by subsidizing, um, you know, monies to Amos. Um, it's really helps with our non-dues revenue. And it's been a journey for sure. It really has. And so I've taken all of this on and now to go and to replace me, it's, it's, it'll take a unique person, but I know we're going to find the right person that'll work well with my team. And I'm looking forward to meeting that person. That's pretty awesome. You know, you got, always got to take your time. Look at John Ray polishing his resume over there. John Ray. Hey, come <laughs> to, listen, they're not going to take your resume filled out and cram body. <laughs> Chill out. And besides you, I got I keep you busy over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um well uh, good luck on your search and if anybody knows any um i don't know what was it well, you, need, policy, you need to be lawyer health policy yeah. understand medical and dental um and be able to navigate the channels of the payer community and the provider community that's a lot of languages you need to be fluent in like what half a dozen languages there yeah it's gonna you be know. a challenge but i'll still be there to help out too Right. So, and, and there, you know, there's, there's got to and be I have the greatest team, you know, my, my team is just phenomenal. Is there anybody so. you want to give a shout out to on the radio? They'll be famous. <laughs> yeah. All of them. You've mentioned most of them, but you know, we've got Janet and Jeannie and Sandy and Patty, as you already mentioned, and Bridget and Alexis and Sue. And it's, you know, people are, have been there a long time in my area and it's a well-oiled machine, I will say. Mm-hmm. which has given me the opportunity to do some other things like take on Amos Advantage and take on some of the, you know, membership survey roles and strategic planning, which I really like doing. We're in the, we're at the tail end of our strategic planning process and, you know, the things that we want to get accomplished over the next three years, um, you know, we'll be flushing that out of our next board meeting. So, and finalizing that plan. So we're excited about that. Gotcha. So it, what is, let's give a sneak preview to the Nashville Amos event. Like what are, what's the keynotes? Is there going to be some fireworks, you know? Yeah. So there's going to be some great things happening. Um, Our theme is ensuring our future through wellness and diversity. Um, We're going to have a great, as we always do, a keynote speaker and opening ceremony. What those look like right now, Patrick, we're just not sure. We hear that Nashville is going to open and lift all capacity May 14th. Um, we'll have our wonderful exhibit hall, our educational sessions. The president's event is scheduled for the Country Music Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. which will be awesome. Um, we're looking at trying to move some of the ballroom events, if you will, to outdoor spaces if possible. And we just at this point, you know, we've been planning in a pandemic. It's really hard. As of five weeks ago, we were looking at maybe capacity limitations of 300 people to 1,100 people throughout the whole conference. Now we're looking at, you know, just maybe no capacity limits, but, you know, especially with vaccination. So we could be at, you know, a really great, successful meeting. Nashville is such an awesome city. I took the first meetings there and probably, I think it was 2000 or 2001. And every time I take coding or practice management there, we sell out. So I'm hoping our our members bring, um, bring their, bring their boots and come to Nashville and learn and visit our exhibitors and it'll be a great meeting. Right. I do too. And I will be there. So the question is, and uh, I have this ongoing conversation with my wife because I used to go to Nashville all the time and I, you know, in Texas too, prior to COVID. Right. I feel like I should own a pair of cowboy boots 
in my wife's uh, yeah. and she's like you're not spending a thousand dollars on a pair of cowboy boots and i'm like oh, oh patrick I it's should. the best pair i bought a pair i should do that right well, I, I have i have 15 pairs of cowboy boots truth oh, be told okay. See, that's Car- my secret Car- Car- um, said i'm slacking I love on the country dance boots. that's right you need to show up in boots I have, I used to, I used to always country dance. And so I, everywhere I went to Nashville or anywhere where they sold them, I bought them. So last year was my newest pair and they're probably my favorite. So you definitely will see me in cowboy boots in Nashville. Well, now I'm going to definitely have to buy a pair. Um, <laughs> I think so. The pressure's on. What about a hat? Do you do wear a hat at all? I do. I have hats, but I won't wear one. It'll be too humid or hot. That's okay. just strictly for dancing. <laughs> What about you, Patrick? What's going on with your company? How are our members treating you? Um, well, I think that all of your members are terrific. Um, we have lots of oral surgeons. All the projects are um, going along. Uh, we've had to pivot, obviously. So there's been many, depending on the state, right? There's mm-hmm. uh, some of them were closed longer than others. And there's been a lot of um, strategic changes, um, and I won't say with every single one of our projects nationwide, but I okay. will say with 95% of them, absolutely. Um, where, you know, there's, it happens and then everybody's like, okay, well, we're closed. So let's call Pat and Scott up and figure out what we're doing here. Um, not just from, um, you know, a contract standpoint with us, but also like, what are we doing with, with these? Um, and so, kind of a theme and this is more anecdotal you know the practices that for some nutty reason we're willing to take 50 cents on a dollar before you know against you know our advice but they're not they they just they said you know what i'm I'm at risk my family's at risk my staff's at risk we're just not doing that you know Mm -hmm. and and we're booked like we're busy um and so there there became a bit more attention put on what we do right as a whole um and so then everybody opened up and so some of them kind of paused and then they opened up and they got slammed and so then they they've had to not a complete pivot but more of a tune-up and so it's been like doing not just one project but three or four projects depending on that practice you know there's not a one-size-fits-all solution so it really depends on them their volume uh, you know, their area they're dealing with. Right. Exactly. And, you know, obviously the, you know, the concentration of carriers and the, their member populations in each state is going to be, um, you know, a factor. So that it's from um, an intellectual perspective, it has been fascinating. It really has. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying I necessarily want to go through it again anytime soon. Right. Uh, uh but it, it, it has been fascinating. And I think that it's certainly given, um, it, it gave everybody a bit of time to focus on their business. And what we do is an integral part of their business. And, you know, it's more important than the cotton balls, guys. It's more important than a lot of the stuff that you're, you're spending a lot of your energy on. And they, I think that folks finally realize it because they had a chance to stop and think Mm -hmm. and they're like Mm -hmm. okay and so now you're not just taking a call with with me and my team on your lunch break and paying attention for 15 minutes while you're swallowing a jimmy john sandwich you know right um you know they had time right we were sitting down and we were having very you know comprehensive and while they were watching their overhead go up 
Right. Exactly. And so it was, um, the first part of it was kind of stressful, um, because the unknown and then the overhead, right. And what Mm -hmm. are we going to do? Um, and, but then it's really turned into, uh, better news. And I think that the relationships that we have with our clients have gotten much stronger, um, because of it, you know, we've just had more time to spend with them and really kind of demonstrate value as well and, you know, help them with their strategic planning. So, um, as far as silver lining goes, uh, that's a pretty big one for us. And that'd be a great story to tell to the, while you're at the annual meeting. And I think that's so key for others to learn from that experience. Well, you invite me on stage and I will be happy to tell that story (laughs) Um, or share this uh, broadcast with everybody, you know, that's that's, uh, and a member of Amos, which I'm sure it will get around. Lots of Amos members listen to this right now. Um, And by the way, listeners, if you are enjoying this particular show, be sure to like it uh, or rate it five stars. If you don't like it, please let us know um, and share your feedback. You can send it to John Ray, J Ray at dentalbusinessradio.com. Um, is that your email, John? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, uh, it's jray at businessradiox, or is it North Fulton? <laughs> All right, so jray at businessradiox. If you don't like it, let John Ray know. Um, he really, he has a lot more empathy than I do. That's really the truth. That's not a joke. Um <laughs> But you can always find me too. Uh, I'm on Instagram too. Thanks, Nate Coverman. Um, and uh, uh, Facebook. Um, thank, I'm like, whoever put me on there, I'm going to choke. Um, and uh, you can find me at Practice Quotient and or on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, uh, GA Benefit Expert or at PratQuo. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm definitely not hiding. So um, I do like feedback a lot. And all the listeners, if you enjoy the show, please share it with others. Like it. You know what you will get? You'll get good karma. I promise. Lots of it. Heaps of on you. Um, now, if folks are looking for Karin, um, I guess what kind of people call Karin? Oh, our, me- our members call, payers they- call. Um, I think they already know how to find you, don't they? Yeah, they pretty much do. But I'm mm-hmm. happy to hear from our members and I can be reached at Karin, K-A-R-I-N-W at A-A-O-M-S dot O-R-G. Okay. Karin good. W. And then you also mentioned uh, myoms.org. And yep. so my, myoms.org is a place where- The Great Patient site. That's our public facing site. And then amos.org is our member website, which is going to be uh, redone this year in 2021. So we're excited about that. And then the Amos Advantage Plan, these are like the 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 best companies in the world, right? That, That's right. They've and, been carefully vetted and selected to be our partners. Um, and they, you know, are unique to, you know, we, they're not in competition with one another, if you will. We select from very uh, strategically different sections of how they impact the oral surgery practice. And, you know, they have their own aisle at the annual meeting. And I would encourage everyone to visit amosadvantage.org and really make sure that you you visit the, uh, those members, uh, those partners, because uh, they give great pricing to our members and it's a great service that is provided back to Amos. And Sue Mosman, I have to say, really grew that program from an almost nothing program in 20 years 
to just a tremendous program and, and building relationships with people like you. You know, Patrick, I remember meeting you in Florida. I was speaking and you came in to hear me speak. And afterwards we talked and we, met, we followed up and met again in Atlanta. I think you were supposed to only stay an hour and we ended up talking for, I don't know how many hours, uh, but that was a great day. And I learned a lot and the partnership has been great. And we're pl- proud to have you as part of the Amos Advantage family. Yeah, well, we are proud to be part of it. And I love our conversations. I feel like we kept this one very uh, general. A lot of times we go down rabbit holes. And, we sure do. <laughs> and totally, it's, you know, talking well, about- Well, we can do it again someday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we will probably. Um, so again, uh, fair listeners, if you like this, if you felt like this content was good, um, you know, let us know and let Amos know too and say, hey, you know what? We listen to that podcast. We need some more good information because they're looking for ways- to reach members and you know there's a broad spectrum of ages of Amos members right and so the you know the new school has their different media channels that they prefer and the old school has theirs and so if this show or podcasts in general are something that you like they would they would like to know that would that I would like to know that absolutely okay. I'm actually talking with John Ray about this and bringing this something to our board to discuss because I think this is a really great way you go out for a walk and you can, you know, we can talk about what's going on with at Amos and dive deeper and interview our members. And so I think it's a great thing. And I'm so great, grateful for the opportunity to have met John Ray and to talk with you today, Patrick. It's always a great time. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. John Ray, you want to say something? You want to say thank you, Patrick? Is that what you want to say? <laughs> thank All you, right. Patrick. <laughs> uh john ray thank you sir i appreciate you and now the entire team at business radio x you guys do a terrific job i know i uh, like to ink your chain a lot um but that's really for the amusement of all of the folks um that are listening on here i'd also like to give a special shout out to uh bob clark bob the man clark and rita over in kentucky um thank you for all of your support uh give a shout out to john muse as well um bd tyner doing a great job as the president over there on the board yeah and um, doing a great job yes in in leadership in time of crisis that's real leadership isn't it yeah it really is um and outside of that i think that that is all that we have is there anybody else that you want to give um a special shout to no um, I'll, I'll just say you know scott farrell has been great during this transition process it was, it was an arduous um application process for me I went up against some really great candidates and, you know, my commitment to the specialty is as strong as it ever was. And I'm just, I'm honored to be able to step into the role of executive director and uh, thank everybody at Amos and all of the colleagues and the members that I've heard from and the outpouring has been substantial. All the past presidents, not one uh, did not reach out and say, you know, job well done and welcome and, and accepting me in this role. And I'm so grateful. And, course to Eric and my family you know it means the world to me that I have this opportunity it's kind of like pinching myself that that this is really happening so well I'm sure Patrick you and I will have many more conversations as I assume this position and hear from our members and you know I do want to hear from them and I hope that they understand the value that Amos Advantage and Practice Quotient brings to their practice very meaningful 
Right. Well, thank you very much, Karin. And I, it, really, the show is about what Amos does for its members. They do an outstanding job. Uh, so thank you very much, Karin. Congratulations. Thank Scott, you. And Scott Farrell, you know, we gave you some love at the beginning, and I'll give you some more here at the end. Uh, you are the man. You will be missed. And I hope you enjoy playing golf or go-karts yep. or skydiving or whatever <laughs> it is that you are going to be doing in retirement. I'm slightly jealous, and I'm hoping that I will get there one day soon um so karen wittich the woman of the hour <laughs> Thanks, thank you Patrick. very much for being here it's always a pleasure congratulations again and with that until next time